You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. For your next sci-fi addiction, you need to pick up the first books in the Spire novel series from author Peter F. Smith. The Spire brings to life a setting years after a viral apocalypse has decimated the world's population, leaving only a handful of families who were instrumental in the downfall of mankind as its new rulers. With mankind wiped out, these elites turn on one another with violent results. I enjoyed the incredible details put into the action scenes that rival any you could possibly see on the big screen and the thought put into the world building crafts possibilities that are endless. The second book, Apocalypse Dawn, allows you to dive further into this dystopia from a survivor's point of view and will grip you instantly. You can pre-order both books on Amazon for 99 cents until November 12th. So sign into your account now and pick up your copies of the next major sci-fi hit and always remember to geek out. The future comes, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys, and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the Geeks' watch, for the Geeks and all the Geeks to come. Welcome back for another week on the Geeks' watch. We're here talking about Watchmen, uh, season one, episode three. Uh, She was killed by space junk. I mean, who else is really digging these titles? Yeah, they're pretty cool. Let's go. This one was a reference to a Devo song. That's right. Mm -hmm. Oh, not the thing in the case? No. (laughs) Oh, Oh, jeez. So uh, with me is John. Hey. Elizabeth. Hello. Jess. What's up? And Steven. Word. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we're going to talk about what we watched this week and then get into the new episode of The Watchmen from HBO. John, what is on your week's watch? Um, two quick things. One was I saw the trailer for The Color Out of Space. Uh, Lovecraftian story starring Nicolas Cage from Yikes. the people that brought Mandy. <laughs> I mean, if that's not a recipe for success, I don't know what is. I mean, Stephen and I had the longest time we've been talking about watching Mandy and, mm-hmm. and then recording something about it, but we never did. Did you <laughs> actually watch it? or Did you ever get to watch it, Stephen? No, I, I was going to watch it with you. Yeah, I never got to watch it either. I'm considering getting the seven-day trial from Shudder just so I can watch that and the Beyond the Black Rainbow. What the hell is Beyond that? the Black Rainbow is good. Yeah, it's by the same guy that made Mandy. Mm-hmm. And uh, it looks really interesting. Um, but uh, So just the trailer? Just the trailer, yeah, because that's all there is. The movie's not out yet. But okay. <laughs> yeah, well, it looks really interesting. You know, this, And we had this discussion uh, offline about what exactly is the color out of space because I mean the thing about Lovecraft <laughs> is that it's supposed to be ambiguous and indescribable but when you actually commit it to film it's going to be something that somebody will be, to dis- be an actual color. <laughs> yeah so but I think it's meant to be something that's kind of prismatic and and different people will perceive it differently so it's not a solid thing 
Um, but nevertheless, yeah, we went into differences between fuchsia and magenta and argenta or whatever. It's different color combination. Argentina? Yes. Argentina. Got it. Um, I, I, it's uh, Argentina. Argentina? <laughs> Which is a silvery, if I remember correctly. Uh, and then I also watched uh, Mamma Mia. Okay. I like musicals. I like movies that blend uh, pop culture songs like uh, that one with the Beatles. That's uh, really awesome. Uh, Across the Universe? Yeah. So uh, what's yeah, called the Jukebox uh, musical, I believe yes. is what those are called? Um, yeah. This movie was not for me. Okay. Um, <laughs> the humor was very uh, like grandma-like humor. Okay. Where like okay. it's kind of sexual. You know, the but, target like, demographic for... Yeah. For the ABBA music. fans, yeah. <laughs> For ABBA fans. Um, but yes, yeah, so it was brought to my attention that my uh, musical taste, as far as ABBA songs is concerned, is rather plebeian. So mm-hmm. I had to do a little dive into it. And uh, now I have a new favorite ABBA song. Yeah. So if you were to have the opportunity to make a jukebox musical based off of one band's music, what would who would you pick? Man, that is a good question. Um, I think I would like to do... It probably wouldn't be a single band. Well, I, I'm only giving you one band. Yeah. Well, God damn it. I would, <laughs> I would do Interpol. Interpol? Interpol. Yes. Wow. Okay. I love their music, and it, it always evokes a very specific sensation when I listen to them. It's like, I feel like I'm in New York. Okay. okay. Listening to them at, at, at a dive bar. Elizabeth, would you would you have a band that you would oh, love I to see? Not a clue. Not a clue? Not a clue. You don't have any band that you like to listen? Okay. Nope. <laughs> Jess? Oh, oh, I don't know. I I like Pink Floyd, but they kind of already have The Wall, which is basically one of their albums. But I think Pink Floyd's, their music blended together would make a pretty awesome like sci-fi. I'm sure it would. Type of thing. Led Zeppelin in Outer Space, too, would be pretty great. <laughs> Steven, do you have a band that you'd love to see a jukebox musical about? Yeah. It's huh? My Chemical Romance. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> no, that'd be good, too. It would be so good. I would. Oh, I like it. So good that he had to do the Italian fingers. <laughs> fingers or chef kiss. <laughs> All right. Very interesting. So, uh, Elizabeth, what did you watch? What is on your week's watch? Uh, so, this week, uh, we went to go see uh, Current Wars. That's mm. right. The current, current War. The Current Wars. Yeah. The Current War. Um is that the war that's fantastic. currently going on right now? No. No, this is From a the long time wars ago. between uh, Edison and Westinghouse in terms of direct current versus alternating current, oh. and which would win out. Um, the cast was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely, I mean, it was heavy hitting cast. And it's and it was Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict Cumberbatch, Tom Holland. Uh, Michael Shannon. Michael mm-hmm. Shannon. Uh, Matthew McFadden. Nicholas Holt. Nicholas Holt. Kath. Uh, Catherine West Watterson. Yeah, who's uh, what is what's her character's name in the Fantastic Beast movie? Tina. Tina. Oh, right. yeah. So just had some phenomenal performances in terms of the acting. Although I think my favorite, because Mitch was watching it with me this week, was uh, Mitch's panic attack at <laughs> how they were handling the light bulbs uh, with their bare hands and the oh. lack of safety goggles <laughs> when dealing with glass glass I mean, light bulbs. <laughs> They have a kid busting up lights with a with a sledgehammer, uh-huh. and he's not wearing safety goggles. Oh, well, I mean, safety glasses. at the time, right. do you really care yeah. about safety? Like, I care about my eyes at all periods <laughs> of time. 
But it was it was definitely interesting. They obviously painted both Edison and Westinghouse in a much better light than historically would be accurate. They also mm. didn't get into Tesla as much as I think some people were expecting. But quite honestly, for the actual yeah. topic, that's pretty historically accurate. Tesla was Wasn't not really talked a, about. Correct. Um, Did they show the scenes of them uh, electrocuting the elephants and stuff like that? Not the elephant, but yes, all of the testing uh, that led up to the use of alternating current to u- be used in the electric chair. Yeah, mm. yeah it was a very good movie. That was, cool. it was awesome. And you get to see, once again, Tom Holland with a mustache and <gasps> that how was disturbing Tom it is. That was Tom Holland with a mustache? It was so That's wrong. That's gotta be it's weird. It's so wrong. There's just... But that baby face. <laughs> exactly. It's so wrong. Now I can't watch it. It was the second time <laughs> It was the second time I saw it this week because I saw it in uh, Lost City of Z where young Tom Holland plays the son of oh. Charlie Hunnan and uh, at one point he's supposed to have grown old enough to to have a mustache and it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just, just Tom Holland's face. No. It's not work. a mustache face. No. <laughs> Do you get Italian Spider-Man? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jess, what, what is on your week's watch? Uh, I have been watching the show Treadstone with my mom. Ooh. She absolutely loves that Bourne trilogy thing. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed it as an action flick but it's not one of my tops but she really wanted to watch treadstone and i was like all right let's watch it i'm actually quite enjoying the show it's That's good it's pretty good it's set in the same world but like our time and it's about this other program that's um these secret cia assassins are waking up from and they don't know why uh one of the most interesting aspects to me is like the song that wakes them up is um, are you sleeping like Farajaka? Oh, really? And I was like, what? They can't like walk past like a daycare or something. Nope. Like, I sing that all the time, but <laughs> like, that's crazy. And they just wake up and they don't even know why they're, they've been so far gone from their handlers that some of them are just killing and not even knowing, not understanding what they're doing. So it's pretty interesting. I, I, I always enjoy the, the dramas that they have on, on USA Network. I think they usually do somewhat yeah. of a good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched the first season of Shooter, which was a movie that I really enjoyed. So the first season was kind of just a retread of the of the movie. I didn't watch after that, though. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I always had a problem with the Bourne franchise in general is that there's always... Every movie introduces another clandestine black government group that was in charge of the last one that he found the piece of to figure yeah. out where he came from kind of thing. Like, cause it first started off with like Briar Batch and mm-hmm. then it went to something else and then it went to Treadstone yeah. and it's just like, all right, yeah. I, I get it. Come up with something new. Yeah. Well, that's compartmentalization well, for you. Yeah. I was going to say that's this, actually probably pretty accurate. <laughs> it also takes place in the past in Cold War Russia and Russia's trying to do their own Treadstone thing too. Oh. So there's a bit of flashbacks too to Russia. The with Winter like Soldier initiative. Character. Yeah, that's right. yeah. <laughs> so oh, that's pretty interesting. All right. Yeah. Main star? Uh, ooh. I don't remember if I if I ever saw who was the main star. I know Mark Bernard. I think there's like five million like main characters in it. It's like one of those where it goes. I mean, there's several different. And there's like one in Korea. There's one in um, in North Korea actually, which that's that's pretty cool. And and has there been any mention um, of uh, probably Jeremy Irving is probably the main character. The main character. Yeah. Has there been any mention of Jason Bourne throughout Uh, the show? No, but they sort of like mentioned like i thought we were done with this stuff kind of thing after <laughs> they kind of sort of mention him yeah okay i could see julia styles popping up she probably could <laughs> she's yeah. not doing much these days no, <laughs> no. uh steven what was on your week's watch 
So um, there are a couple of things. I was originally going to talk about the comic Cosmonauts, uh, which I or Cosmo Knights, sorry, um, with, that I bought. It's very good. Everyone should read it. But the the real out like outlier that's been consuming me since uh, Thursday has been Death Stranding, the oh. video game. <laughs> that's right. How is it? Yeah. So it's not for everybody. Um, <laughs> in, in, in no way, shape, or form could you say like, "Oh, you like video games? You should play this game." <laughs> it would have to be a full conversation about what the person likes. Um, it's good. I like it more than I've ever liked any of Hideo Kojima's other things. Um, Metal Gear Solid was never for me, and believe me, I freaking tried because everyone won't shut up about those games. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I really like it. I'm very happy. Hmm. Very cool. Now, what do you like more, the the actual story or the gameplay about it? Yeah. Or is it the visuals? Uh, I, I think it's a tie. Um, I I really like the um as is normal for Hideo Kojima games, you get a lot of cutscenes. Um, yeah. And the fact that they got all solid actors for all of the roles that did motion capture, voice, like performance capture stuff, um, that only works to its benefit. And then the gameplay stuff where you're just walking around being like post-apocalyptic Amazon delivery person also <laughs> works for me. <laughs> it's like a survival type game, right? So as opposed to you directing action, you're sort of sneaking around stuff or? I mean, you can do both uh, more than anything else. It's like making sure that you use the little like uh, kind of like echolocation kind of thing or whatever um, to really determine what the terrain is like and then meander your way from one place to another without falling and damaging your Amazon Prime deliveries. <laughs> <laughs> from what I've read, it's uh, like the environment can be very, you know, well, varied and like you have the option of going through like an easier path, but there might be more danger through it. Or take a longer way around, which means you need more supplies. It's really heavy focused on like inventory management. So you yeah, have to that's, that's you have to like I'd make sure you it. have enough food and <laughs> like supplies. If you're going to be climbing mountains, you need to have like the shit for that. Yeah. There's there's not so much in food stuff because I hate those things in games. Yeah. I shouldn't have to sleep or do <laughs> yeah. anything. Like, Get that's rest. Dumb. It's a video game, but they do, however, make you manage your inventory literally in how many things you just pick up in the wild. You'll find pieces of things people were supposed to deliver that fell off that they decided they couldn't carry anymore, mm. odds and ends like that, and you just sl- like slap it onto your back and take that to the next place too. Yes, I just want to know is how how great is. Uh, Guillermo del Toro in in the game. So he's good. Um, <laughs> the the scan they did of him is also awesome. The person they chose to do his voice to other people might be great, but I love Guillermo del Toro, so I've heard his voice in interviews for oh, like, over a decade now. It's not actually it's his not voice. His voice. Oh no. No, no, like the biggest fa- the biggest faces they got for the stuff, aside from the one little bit that has Conan O'Brien in it as one of the people on the side thing. Of course he is. Um, uh, everyone else's voice, who's a, a bigger person, um, they don't have their voice. Norman Reedus the doesn't have his voice. No, Norman Reedus did the full thing. Oh, it's okay. the odds and ends. Like, um, there's a guy who does things. Um, he's another director. Uh, I forget who what the guy's name is. He's a British director that's in there. Taika Waititi. Um, <laughs> no, that would be awesome though. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, just odds and ends, people like that, Gamble del Toro, who is actually a main player in the story, um, but you don't get his voice. Because his accent was just too thick? 
No, his text is good. It, the, the main thing that bugged me about it is that they have Guillermo del Toro doing something, but he doesn't say fuck as every third word. <laughs> so it's not accurate to Guillermo del Toro. This is true. That's why they had to dub over him. Like, we can't use this. <laughs> too much. Dying, liquefying babies, it's okay, but you can't say fuck too many times, huh? That's right. Okay. Um, this is if, America. For anyone who really likes uh, Norman Reedus, uh, you see him naked throughout the game. Do you think uh, and you control the camera in a lot of those parts. Do you so think have it's a good time anatomically correct? Uh, you don't get to see his his, his pingus. Um, <laughs> he uh, he stops you. <laughs> he stops <laughs> you. Yeah, if if you move the camera towards it, uh, he literally grabs the camera like from a camera operator and punches them. Like you don't see a person, you see him punch it, and then he gives the camera back. Like that's a very it. Kojima thing because he's done that in other yeah. games too. Yeah. But yeah, if, if they ever did a TV series or anything like that, which I think is highly likely, um, Kojima said that they want to do movies after yep. this yep. with their game studio, I would recommend the series to just about everyone. Okay. Okay. But the gameplay, not to everyone. So this is just like a darker, weirder version of uh, Fry from Planet Express, Futurama. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a delivery boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, for my uh, week's watch, uh, continuing on with my 365 movie challenge, uh, everybody, as soon as Robert Pattinson was cast as Batman in Matt Reeves' Batman, mm-hmm. everybody says, you have to watch his other movies that aren't the Twilight movies. Like, I've seen, I think, two of the four Twilight movies, and I saw him in Harry Potter. That's it. I haven't seen any of his other movies. Uh, so I finally got around to watching, I think, three of the movies that people usually say are his great ones the ones that you need to watch to understand i I still need to watch cosmopolis but i watched good time city lost city of z and high life wow so (laughs) high life is just so strange uh he is a prisoner who's been sent on a mission to mars i think but on their way to no i'm sorry it's a mission to the black hole a black hole and they're going to ca- capture some data from this black hole, but he's, he's a prisoner. Like, they only sent, sending criminals there. And while they're on their way to the black hole, they, they took, the scientists took this time to be like, hey, what about people who have babies in outer space? Let's figure out that. Or can people have babies in outer space? So male prisoners and female prisoners have to copulate while in uh, a spaceship and on the way to the black, black hole. It doesn't quite work out well for everybody. What? Uh, yeah. It is a strange movie, and one of my biggest problems with it is that it jumps in time constantly. It's back and forth between this period and this period and another period, and it just keeps going throughout the 30-some-odd years or 20 years that it takes to get to this black hole. Okay. Just wasn't a fan. I had a quick question. Okay. I saw John tilt his head up like JD from Scrubs. (laughs) Were you trying to figure out a dirty joke for a black hole and copulation? (laughs) <laughs> I think it, that's a yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, so Lost City of Z is Charlie Hunnam. I think he's playing a real life person from history that uh, essentially said that he found a lost city in the Amazon um, that would have been the equivalent to El Dorado, but he didn't want to call it that because by the time that he found it, a lot of people were already... Uh, claiming they found El Dorado and that it all they all were proven wrong, so it was just a big laughing stock thing if you said anything like that. Mm-hmm. So he just called it Zed, and 
he keeps going back to the Amazon to try and find it over and over again, and he can't seem to find it, and it it's not good for the, his family. Yeah. Once again, Robert Pattinson barely has a role in it. Like his character is, is secondary to Charlie Hunnan's character, so I don't understand why people say that this is one of the movies you should watch if you want to see how he's going to do as Batman. Not really that great of a role for him. Last one would be Good Good Time, and wow. You want to talk about a movie where you're not supposed to feel any sympathy for your main character? <laughs> Look at Watch Good Time. There are no likable characters in this movie at all. Um, essentially, this he's a he's a terrible guy who has a brother, a younger brother that is uh, over the age of eighteen, but has a mental development. Or is that how you say it? Developmental disorder. Thank you, developmental disorder, and. Uh, he basically gets him to come do uh, a bank robbery with, with him. And as they're running away from the bank robbery, uh, the, the brother gets caught and he goes to jail. So in the span of four days, he keeps trying to figure out a way to break his brother out of jail uh, uh, or steal the money to get him bailed out. And uh, at one point, his brother gets into a fight in, in jail that puts him in the hospital and while he's in the hospital, he tries to go and break him out of the... But he ends up breaking the wrong prisoner out of the hospital uh, wing, or the prison ring of the hospital. Yeah. So, it's just... A, he's a terrible person. It's a terrible movie. Okay. But he does act well in it. I'll, I'll give mm-hmm. them that. So, I will check out, try and check out more movies from him just to get a better idea of how what he's going to do as Bruce Wayne. But, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this yet at this moment. <laughs> how are you feeling about The Lighthouse? Have not watched it. Don't really feel like I want to watch it. That movie looks a little bit not... It looks a, a lot of bit not in my wheelhouse of movies. Mm. Especially the <laughs> black and white. Yeah, I really want to see it. It looks cool. Okay. It's here in town. Is it now? Yes. Really? Huh? Oh, cool. Well, shit, now I know what I want to do. There you go. <laughs> So those are the things I watched this week. Cool. Let's get on to uh, Rorschach's journal for this week. All right. And just so you know, I was trying to practice a Rorschach voice and try to do the whole thing that way. But I was like, no. I got like maybe two (laughs) sentences into it. I was like, this isn't happening. So this week's journal is on Dr. Manhattan. Uh, So who is our big blue bollocked character? Dr. Manhattan used to be a scientist named John Osterman, who in 1959... Uh, was disintegrated in a tragic nuclear experiment. He was able to reorganize his body, reconstruct himself, and he now has the ability to basically control matter at the molecular level. Um, He's basically invulnerable. He can do anything. He can teleport. He can walk on the surface of the sun. And most interestingly, he can also experience time all at once. So past, present, and future is all the same to him. So he's God. Essentially. <laughs> um, but that's an interesting thing about him as well, is that because he can see what's going to happen, he doesn't feel like he can take any actions that he doesn't already know he's done. So okay. in essence, uh, there's a scene, like for instance, in the comic books where he shakes hands with Kennedy, mm-hmm. and he describes that even as he's shaking his hand, he knows he's already dead. And that's kind of true for everyone that he meets at some point. But there's nothing he can do about it because he doesn't stop it. So it just happens. 
and say, well, if I don't stop it, then I can't do anything about it to change it because it's already happened. So he doesn't ever, he never tries to change fate or change what he can see? Not necessarily, no. There's, he takes actions, uh, especially when other people tell him to do things. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, Nixon asks him to intervene in Vietnam, and he royally kicks their asses, and they surrender unconditionally, which is probably why they become a state. Um, mm. But he doesn't really do anything of his own accord. He has no real agency. Um, he mentions to Lori at some point that he feels that he's that everyone's a puppet. He's just a puppet that can see the strings. Okay. Um, but yeah, in the events of Watchmen, he's basically uh, helped usher an era of extremely advanced technology, thanks to him being able to synthesize new materials such as synthetic lithium for electric cars and other devices. Um, and then Ozymandias essentially realizing that Manhattan is one of the few people that could possibly stand in his way. Mm-hmm. He orchestrates a series of events where he basically blames Manhattan for causing cancer on people, which causes Manhattan to finally just give up and be like, you know what, I'm just tired of humanity. I'm out of here. And he leaves for a short while, which eventually leads Ozymandias to go ahead and you know pull through with his plan. Um, kind of breezing over a lot of details about him. But he also did have a short romantic relationship with uh, the second Silk Spectre, Laurie Juspechik, Juspechik um, the daughter of the first Silk Spectre, and we come to find out later on, also the comedian. And so he leaves Earth at the end of the Watchmen novel saying nothing ever really ends after Adrian Veidt says, is this going to work? Is it over? And he just says, I'm just going to leave the galaxy. Peace. And that's uh, 30 years later. We have people in these blue phone booths still sending messages to Manhattan, maybe hoping that he'll listen or come back. I don't know. I have a theory that maybe there's like a Church of Manhattan somewhere. I wouldn't be surprised. No, I wouldn't be surprised either. Uh, I Honestly, so then getting into the episode, uh, if you want to just go ahead and start it off, I... I really thought of those booths as like the adult version of kids sending letters to Santa. Like yeah. it's yeah. it's it's just sitting there talking to whoever you need to talk to. Well, I mean, it's the closest proximity to an actual. I I looked at it as kind of a confessional. Well, yeah, I guess that's true too. Yeah. And uh, they, you know, they they're they're hoping, praying, maybe that this godlike figure, godlike figure, will listen and maybe come back and maybe grant some miracles. Well, as we see, the godlike figure is apparently listening. Maybe. I don't know what's Someone. going on there. So what was that car? Was that the car that picked up Will? Yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure it was Angela's car. It's yeah. Angela's yeah. car. <laughs> so that was Tulsa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're still in Tulsa. Yeah. We're still in Tulsa. Yeah. Which, come to find out, the whole masked police thing is a Tulsa thing. Yeah, it's a pilot program. Yeah, yeah. it's not countrywide. Oh, it's yeah, not yeah, countrywide. Yeah, yeah. Although a few cities are also adapt- yeah, adopting it. Yeah, they're con- contemplating it. Or I thought you were saying it. in real life. No, no. <laughs> it's no, like no. Tulsa tried this once already. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did like uh, the one joke that um, Laura had about the what, what's the difference between a mass vigilante and a mass cop. No, I don't know. I don't know Neither either. do I. Tell Which, me when you figure it out. Like or something. I mentioned before too, is like if you put co- like masks on cops, they already have so much power. Like it's gonna turn into a vigilante type. Like they're gonna think they're vigilantes. Like it's just gonna happen. It's just gonna happen. <laughs> so this episode was mostly about uh, Laura, Laura Blake now, mm-hmm. uh, who used to be Silk Spectre, and as we found out from Pedipedia. 
eventually became the comedian because she mm-hmm. takes over her father's uh mantle man namesake yeah yeah because really? yeah mm-hmm. the comedian was her father oh i i knew that yeah so. wasn't like in a nice way though right no yeah well actually it turns out later it kind of was essentially the mother says she found she actually did fall in love with thomas not Tom, is it thomas blake? Uh, Ed. Ed edward blake edward blake and even though she, he had raped her that one time, at least one time that we know of, she still went back and loved him. Hey, we're not saying it's a good thing. They even say it's a bad thing in the book. Yeah. It's just... Humans are complicated. That's why Manhattan left. Hey, okay. So uh, at some point, she tried to be a vigilante again, but they shut that down, and now she's an FBI agent. Yeah. And now she hunts yeah, in, vigilantes. In the, in the 90s. Yeah. In the 90s, she was a vigilante again? Yes. And yeah, then, they well, her and uh, Night Owl both went back mm-hmm. to the crime fighting business and got busted. He's apparently doing time, uh, which yeah, we find out. Deal, yeah, and, and apparently she must have got some kind of deal, possibly because of her connections to the comedian who we used to be, you know, black ops or whatever he was doing for the government. They must have given her like a, a special deal. Hmm. So, uh, this. I, well, I think so. I, I think they might have offered both of them that deal because one of the things that she says directly about Night Owl when she's supposed to be making the joke about God and everything mm-hmm. was that he was too weak to make the hard decisions. Yeah, he says he was soft. Yeah, yeah. he's too soft. Mm-hmm. But that was essentially, be, or in the joke, it's because he didn't kill anybody, right? Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. like I think if he worked, if he chose to work for the government, it's probably implied you're going to need to kill people. Ah, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Which we did, it was we a reference her, to like, <laughs> step towards real, real like directly when mm-hmm. she shoots the not Batman. Yeah. Yeah. It could also be a nod to uh, how Night Owl was impotent. Ooh. Oh, okay. <laughs> but he wasn't after they fought crime. Well, afterwards, yeah. But you know, they had to get dressed up. He and, had to get in the suit and and go kick some ass in order to to get that working. Okay. So <laughs> as we see, yeah, she they okay they have a whole. Uh, division of the FBI that is solely for uh, taking down mass vigilantes. Mm-hmm. She sets up a whole bank robbery, so to speak, and tips off, quote unquote, the mask. And the mask shows up. He's going to stop the crime, but comes to find out it's that he's the one that's committing the crime. <laughs> Anybody actually think she was robbing the bank? Because I did. No. Well, I mean, I, I knew who she was because I saw the previews. So I, was, I knew that she was going to be Lori Blake. Doesn't mean she couldn't have turned to a life of crime. Or I guess yeah, it could that's have been what a flashback, I yeah. Or that's how she withdraws her money just because she's used to it. <laughs> <laughs> Afterwards, she's like, "Oh, have a nice day, dear." Yeah, takes off. Um, no, I definitely knew this was some kind of sting operation as soon as I saw the Batman-looking guy. <laughs> yeah. Like how unimpressive they made his entrance. Yeah. Like you see the little smoke grenade thing, and it's like nothing. <laughs> pops up like uh. well because that's the, that's part of what they make uh like the watchman graphic novel as well is that these constructs like no this is how it would look in real life it would look stupid if people actually <laughs> did this like people's capes will be getting caught in doors or mm-hmm. but night owl wasn't stupid um, wasn't he though not i mean he had cool gadgets and he kicked ass yeah but wasn't really for the sake of fighting crime. It was just because he thought it was cool. I 
Go ahead. I definitely got the impression that she was holding these new vigilantes in contempt because they were clearly not good enough. The, yeah, the grades yeah. had been run get. out, essentially, or well, at yeah, all. They weren't at the level. As a matter yeah. of fact, in the Pedipedia, they kind of make a reference to certain characters like Night Owl, Comedian, and Rorschach as uh, alpha-level mm-hmm. vigilantes, which means that they have a ra- rating system. Well, so I mean, look yeah. at look at her place, her apartment. She has the... Uh, what's that artist's name? Warhol. 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 Yeah, She's looking a poster, photo, poster yeah. of the four of them. You know, she was part of the group, the the Minutemen that were the greatest. Yeah, that, pr- that's actually when I realized who she was. Uh. I was like, who is she? Because I don't recognize her as her name. I only knew Silk Spectre from right. what I had seen in the movie, and I was like, oh, is she Silk Spectre? <laughs> like right there, like oh. She's okay. almost like a aging starlet, like you know yeah. that was yeah. huge in her twenties or whatever, and now she's. Well, that's what happened to her mom. That is true. Yeah. That's exactly she's, what she's happened. Creating history. Yeah. It was funny to me because the only two roles I know for this this actress are this one and then one time in uh, where she was in Frasier for a few episodes. <laughs> oh. In, in Frasier, she she plays a person who everyone had a crush on in high school, and now she's old and gross. This is supposed to be the idea. She smokes and she's like hacking everywhere and she's crass. <laughs> so in both things, they're treating her like even in like the the mid nineties, they're like mm, she's past her prime. <laughs> that's, fucked up. that's all i know her as uh, well, I, re- I remember from something gene smart um she looked familiar garden state she's in legion apparently the accountant fargo okay. tv show arrested development oh, could be fargo i know her from arrested development was that on there yeah a little higher up oh yeah Two also episodes. in this episode we finally found out who pd was of Yes, yes, of the PDpedia. Mm-hmm. He's a young FBI agent who also has his PhD in history. So Ooh. who better than to be the one to tell everybody what's <laughs> going on in the world? Now, how does that work into the into the world with the fact that we are back or we are backlogged in technology or not backlogged, but uh, behind in technology the because of all the Dr. Manhattan tech that has been ripped out of the world or not has been suppressed because of Dr. Manhattan Mm -hmm. tech. Yeah. Well, I mean, it definitely set everything back uh, like at least a decade. Like I said, they're they're in the PDPedia files. It mentions that they're just now introducing the IBM uh, Vista series, which I mean, that's like going back to those old like CRT monitors and the big old boxes. I was like, man, that really is just, stone age for computation <laughs> mm-hmm. well now here's my question are the PETA, PETApedia files supposed to be like open to the public or are they more like agency, agency to agency files it kind of seems like it's uh, it's not public it's definitely yeah. meant to be like internal memos in fact some of them are internal memos within the FBI so then it would fit in your timeline if you're presuming that in mid 80s it's the so department the f- of defense they the depart- always had the most new things so well it, and yeah. in the mid 80s they had their own version of the internet it was mm-hmm. just only between government dod yeah. bases yep it's the intranet yes yeah. it was the intranet yeah so yeah so i would, I would assume fit. that's what it's supposed to be it's supposed to be his 
personal files or you know the stuff that he's working on by himself i don't think he's particularly sharing it with anybody else or at least no one else is really looking at it mm-hmm. yeah Ooh, we're like the hackers that got in there that's yeah. right i mean would software or intranet uh security be a high priority because it's only become a high priority for us like within the last couple last decade it intranet security in terms of the way we think of hacking wouldn't have been because it was a closed network system so there was less but in terms of you you're only operating the intranet on highly secured bases so there is secure there's security concerns in terms of securing the bases and securing the technology that's on those bases but there wouldn't be like say if John was on another base, yeah. he could get into that because he's already supposed to be allowed on the internet. Basically, if you got Correct. to a point where you could access one of these computers, it's already too late. Yeah. You yeah. either have access exactly. to it or somebody really, really screwed up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we see Laura Blake go and uh, tra- track down the Tulsa police station is is that supposed to be their station or is that supposed to be like their I processing so. do you think they the still have stations? Hole. I think uh, that was more like the place that they did the um, informal interviews yeah <laughs> that's what I was going with yes I believe that there are still stations because I think the probably the central station is where they held that meeting in the first episode okay where they're all in uniform so I imagine they still have stations, but where Laura Blake tracked them down is not an official station. No. It's a black site? It's a black site, yeah. It's a, for lack of which, a better term. Which explains why we don't get to see Panda anymore. Because he would he not approves. fly with that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we haven't, we haven't seen anybody have to ask for their gun yet since the first episode. So. Well, no, because they, they have that emergency 24-hour time Oh, frame. that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, put in, uh, he put into effect Article 4, is what they called it. Yeah. Um, FBI agents. So FBI has all of the documentation of who everybody is, mm-hmm. Looking Glass's real name, Sister Knight's real, real name. And yep. the fact that she still works there. And that she still works <laughs> there. Like, do you, is that like a thing that they had to register first? Like, why is it that they all know that she knows all these things. Well, I don't think the no. FBI necessarily knows. I got the impression that Laura kind of pieced it together with who the non-murdered police officers were yeah, and kind of matched them up based upon their history and likely attachment. Okay. Yeah. I think, you know, um, Elizabeth mentioned before that like she's hunting vigilantes kind of sort of also in a way to say like you're not good enough for this i think she sees that in angela though i really think she sees this is a hero vigilante i agree and i think that's how she put it together yeah i I think in the part when she shows her respect after the um the stuff at the funeral Mm -hmm. like she she admits to her like i thought he was bluffing yeah, <laughs> I don't think that she would have. I don't even think she would say that to like Petey, who's on the yeah. inside of stuff. Well, well it's cool. it's not only that, but it was that Angela. She was the only one that went. She was the first one to say everybody needs to go, and then she was the one that didn't run. Um, mm-hmm. She grabbed that body and then put it in the hole, put the casket over it, so it controlled the explosion, so it would only shoot up. 
And that's quick hero-like thinking is to think, even though you put yourself in danger, you're going to save lives if you can quickly do this thing. That's a vigilante right there. Did you? Did she need to put the casket in there, though? It's already going to only shoot up because of the hole. It, the casket was, would help keep the pressure down anyway. Like It, it would help lessen the explosion. Just like how Captain America... You know, put shield. his helmet over yeah. and puts himself over it. Like, yeah, if you cover up the explosion, it's like making it's human confetti. Yeah, that, I mean, I yeah. feel like it just made more shrapnel than it did, <laughs> tam- like, tamper anything. Like, I feel the hole was enough. The, we'll do an experiment. We'll go ahead and go yeah. grab some stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say ne- next week on YouTube. There's <laughs> some <laughs> over here. King's Watch gets to play with some dynamite. <laughs> We could scale it down. I mean, we could use I'm, the sure I'm sure somebody's already done it. Let's figure it out. <laughs> Let's Mythbusters it. If only the show was still going. Isn't it like Project White Rabbit now or something? Was, yeah, they yeah. had some weird continuation, which I think also didn't take off. Yeah. Okay. Um, what was it? The the exchange between Sister Knight and and Laura at the end of the the episode during at, inside the tomb. Like a mausoleum, mausoleum? Yeah. Yeah. the mausoleum. Yeah, that bugged me actually. Oh, that's where the the bad yeah. guy came up out of. Yeah, correct. Too. Yeah, that bugged me. Okay, because I'm sorry, they had all that security, all that security. Nobody checked the mausoleum. <laughs> Nobody checked that for people. That is some BS there, and I think I'm like I'm pretty sure they're they're still got some people in the police force that are part of the. Well, no one expects seven. the Rorschach Inquisition. <laughs> well, <laughs> I didn't, no, I just, the, the amount of security they had there, because the amount of protests that they had, and the fact that they know they have active terrorists after police officers they would have checked that mausoleum there's no way they wouldn't check it it was too close to the i want to put no it out way. there that unless i don't know if they have anyone who would think to check the stuff aside from maybe sister knight i don't think they have a leadership anymore in thinking about who would be the one to take or like to put the final like end to everyone just having their weapons all the time who does that yeah but the amount of paranoia no that they all have but I think they're. I think they're. I don't think they're. I think their paranoia is pointed outwards. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's inwards at all. I don't think they're like examining something. I think they're so busy pointing blame. Now, to I that point, um, there is a theory going around that Senator Keene might be um, yeah. conducting a false flag situation yes. in this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I'm thinking. Oh, okay, uh, so it's very possible then that this was allowed to happen. So that he could be seen as, uh, you know, very similar to what happened with Adrian Veidt in the mm-hmm. original story, where he sent a, an assassin after himself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it could have been a situation like that where this was supposed to look like an attack on him. And then through one method or another, he was just going to, you know, get out of it in, in order yeah. to continue the agenda of Max Heroes. And we already know he has ambitions for the presidency. Mm-hmm. So, so if yeah. we continue with that, the idea that uh, Judd was our comedian and Sister Knight is our new um, Rorschach. Rorschach and Keen is, is Vet or Vite, who is Laura in the story? I think she's the Rorschach. You think she's the Rorschach? Yeah. Well, she, uh, she, she did she make a Rorschach type joke. Yeah, exactly. She okay. She, she 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 even she ended the the joke the same way that Rorschach does. Drum roll, good joke. <laughs> uh, so then, who would the sister night be? Should she be Night Owl? Mm, well, she has been using Night Owl tech. That's true. And they had an Archie. 
They had an Archie, so or is she just going to be some someone new altogether? It could be someone new too. I mean, it's definitely like I don't think this is going to be a like one for one, one for one. Yeah, mm-hmm. like we discussed earlier. Like, oh, is Lindelof just rewriting? I wouldn't put it past him. I'm going to give him the benefit <laughs> of the doubt that he's going somewhere with this, and it's not just you know using the find feature on Excel and just changing the names of things. <laughs> yeah, I, I I really hope that Lindelof isn't just doing a one for one of the of watchmen um and then replacing space alien squid or dimensional hopping space alien squid with racism <laughs> <laughs> what would uh keen's end game be is it is it so that to keep putting him in the spotlight so that he can become president yeah i would think so yeah yeah that speech was too good and also like just how quickly that he was like i'll go with you it's hard, guys. I'll, I'll do what you say. I was like, come on. Yeah. So then was he planning on going with them and then being That's what I'm thinking. And like then it was while? ruined because Lori shot him. Because she... Yeah. Like, she ruined the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Plus I mean... His, his initial jump in of, I, you know, I was elected to represent Oklahoma and that's where I'm going to be till this gets handled. Like, I'm not going to go deal with the big politics because you need me here and then that's gonna make his voters go no we do need you in big politics right because you don't want the person who wants to be president to be president you want the one that keeps denying it Mm -hmm. Uh, i don't want better o'rourke to be president (laughs) (laughs) that's okay he dropped out that just means he's gonna get that's his long con man that's what i'm saying (laughs) maybe he'll be someone's running mate and he'll be vice president the world's gonna look up to him and shout save us He'll say no. no. <laughs> okay, uh, Petey. Petey is uh, the one FBI agent that Laura decides to bring along with him, with her, uh, while she investigates Tulsa, which she doesn't want to do because she hates the idea of mass vigilantes mm-hmm. at this point, or as we have discussed. And uh, that's all that's in there is masked vigilantes yep. parading as cops. So, how does she? How do you think she feels? from what's been presented to us having to be in this particular world as you guys have described with full of vigilantes that don't cut the snuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess she's just done with it all. She really feels like a person that's just done with it all. <laughs> yeah, basically. I think like she thinks this assignment is beneath her mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because normally the mass vigilantes are... Like she said, you know, like crazy rich people that are bored and have nothing better to do, <laughs> uh, which is definitely a stab at, you know, the, your Bruce Waynes and Tony Starks of the world. Well, or vet. Or vet, yeah. <laughs> um, but here, now she has to work with them. And I mean, you can tell from the moment she arrives that she's just not taking any sass from anyone. She's just dominating the situation. She rolls over looking glass, like, you know, very just... Like man, like I just felt bad for him afterward. Like, <laughs> like it's not a racist detector, you know. Like, she basically was like cross-referencing him, or um, just I don't know. Like she definitely seems to not want to do this, but King did give her a really sweet deal of like, hey, you do this for me, and uh, you know I can do some really good favors for you when I'm president. And I think that's the only reason why is she's doing it for Dan. Mm-hmm. So Petey, though, is a uh, PhD uh, candidate, not candidate, PhD owner in history. And I guess he focused a lot on mass 
Well, he specifically said his thesis was on the police strike of 77. Oh, okay. Um, which, again, yeah, they do cover a bit more in the uh, graphic novel. There was, like, riots and stuff. And that was around the time when the masks finally got banned because, uh, you know, the police were saying these guys are endangering everyone. They're in, you know, they're not doing their, the, our, well, they're basically doing our job but wrong, essentially. And that's what caused all that, you know, mayhem to happen back then. And um, he definitely seems to be fascinated with things like Rorschach, which in that one briefing that they're doing at the FBI, I thought it was really, really cool when they showed you that handwritten note of Rorschach's journal, because that somehow made it seem more real. All of a sudden, it did make it seem like it was a historical document and that all of those things did happen in 1985. Whereas before, it's like, yeah, like this is just a continuation of the story, whatever. And I was like, oh, wait, now it feels like there is history here. And it made it seem a little more cohesive for me. It's just a little note that uh, detail that I was like, hey, cool. Uh, and he, she chooses him to go with her. And as he's asking questions, like, I, I like the fact that he kind of bit back. She, she was like, do you want an autograph? He's like, look, you chose me. I didn't come out of nowhere. <laughs> I have a, a doctorate in this. I, I'm just asking questions. I want to learn more. And she's like, all right, well, here's some, some, some stuff that you should know. Yeah. And then eventually <laughs> he has his little domino mask and they get it on. She still has a thing for the uh, the mask. <laughs> it's uh, it's only after we see that what she carries around with her, <laughs> which was uh, pretty impressive. I mean, you're going on this FBI investigation, yeah. and part of your checked-in luggage is uh, this massive thing. Yeah. Well, in this world, I don't think they have a TSA. But if they did, I don't know what they would even do with that. Well, they were flying on a private plane, though, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. the FBI yeah. is playing so, that right, yeah. yeah. Which somebody pointed out, the, the flag on that plane was the regular American flag. Ooh. Oh. So I was like, oh, maybe that was just a, like a well, it Starbucks was, coffee cup situation. Well, it was also um, an older like plane because it had the, the lever for uh, ashtrays. Yeah. So I, was, I thought that was kind of interesting. But. Yeah. That could also be true, yeah. Which, smoking was supposed to be banned in this reality. Like, they came to their senses in the 70s, and they're like, oh yeah, smoking's bad, nobody should do it. And that's why you always see Lori and a few other people smoking out of these really weird, long cigarettes. Mm -hmm. Um, Because they were like some other thing that was supposed to be safer to smoke out of. It wasn't, Hmm. you know, just regular, like, cigarette material. Mm. Okay. So, uh... We get into something else in this world, or do you want to go into what's happening with uh, Ozymandias? Yeah, let's go Ozymandias. there. So Ozymandias, if what some people are talking about, this is the third year that he's been there, maybe? Yeah, maybe. And uh, it we was his third anniversary. The third anniversary of being there, because the, they have three candles on the cake this time. Yeah. But uh, he is performing some type of experiment on one of his Phillips. And uh, he puts him in this medieval, like, deep-sea diving-looking kind of suit, and it freezes him. I think he's up on something that's, like, in space. Okay. I think over that cliff is space. Oh. Or he could be on Mars. That's my theory. He could be on Mars. I mean, honestly, I do think it's someplace that, that Manhattan has put him. 
Yeah. I think Manhattan is, is keeping him in, uh, mm. in prison somewhere. And that's a, I, I also think the game warden is Night Owl. I think he's watching over him saying, hey, you can't do that because Manhattan said you can't do that kind of thing. <laughs> so can, can uh, there, there's um, a thing where uh, Lindelof was talking on a podcast. Is that something that we can talk about? Here? If it already happened, yes. Okay. Um, I don't know if well, we, it's such a big thing. But he did talk about Night Owl. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So you're saying it gives away something about what's happened with Night Owl in the future? Uh, or possible. In the past? <laughs> Does it spoil anything? Is it going to ruin Is it? it? Is it going to spoil something for us? No, no. So um, it's it's like looking at the IMDb page. Okay. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? So you you know who who's playing the character Night Owl? Yes. Okay. And you're saying we don't want to know that. No, I'm saying, is it okay to bring that up? Like, I'm asking. I mean, if he already talked about it on a podcast, I don't see why it's it would be bad to talk about it. Okay. Um, well, in that case, uh, no one plays Night Owl. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's not. He's not in the series. But see, what 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 is the guy's name? The actual the the secret identity of Night Owl and Watchmen. Uh, Dan Dryberg is Dan Dryberg on the IMDb list anywhere? I don't know. He just said no one plays Night Owl. See, I, 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 I feel didn't see like his name. Night Owl as Night Owl, Owl though. Yeah, it as could Night be Owl. a trap. Exactly. <laughs> or he could have changed his name now. Like he, he might be referred just as the Game Warden. Yeah. I mean, it's possible. What's um, uh, Ozymandias uh, Vite? He's referred to as Vite, even though in the first couple episodes. He was not referred to as such. Well, in the f- yeah, that's true. But, but we did. They, ver- they very clearly I- I misidentified him in the thing. Yeah, they, I thought at one point they, it's, he's called the man in the castle or something like that. Yeah, he's yeah. man, man of, uh, lord of a great estate or something. Yeah, like that exactly. So I, I don't. It, maybe he's not. Maybe it's Rorschach. Maybe uh, uh, Doctor Manhattan didn't actually blow him up and just sent him to another dimension or something like that a i mean couldn't world, he a pocket dimension he yeah he could also just build them back he together could too he obviously the, could isn't in the joke that she says that she say something like manhattan said to god that a living body is the same as a dead body or something like that so. as the same amount of particles yeah same that's amount of particles. yeah that was taken directly from the graphic novel where they were telling him like hey how do you feel about your you know, former colleague having died recently and he basically just says that. He just says, well, a living body and a dead body are chemically the same. So I don't really feel anything. And everybody's like, well, that's cold, dude. <laughs> so uh, so he's up there. What what experiment do you think it is that he did with that, Philip? Did, is he trying to send him out into that outer space, uh, Stephen? Mm-hmm. That, that, that's what it seems like to me. Like he's trying to escape the place um, where he was put. I think he's been playing nice for a while with the things and it's not going well for him he doesn't like it so, so then he got exposed to a vacuum uh okay uh what is the area where the buffalo are that he can't go to because of the game warden is that out why is that outside of his parameters Anybody i don't get? know if things are metaphorical even okay we could be just seeing his understanding of something because obviously if he wanted to build crazy tech he can build crazy tech True, uh, mm-hmm. but for some reason he keeps using 
like steampunky looking stuff. You know? <laughs> it might be all that he has available because like he took, I don't know, what was it like a flower vase or something to make part of the glass for the helmet? Yeah, oh, okay. but I mean, by by that re- like in that regard, like he can make other things from things. Yeah, like we, we saw him manipulate something to make it into something else. Was it just me, or did he look like he's like using the skins of the other Phillips to make the leather for the suit? That's what I think. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the suit would probably no. fit a Philip very well. It's <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Prudence is reading him the letter from the game warden, so there's obviously some way for the two of them to commu- or communicate. It's oddly cordial. It's very cordial. He, uh, he also thanks him for the tomatoes. <laughs> and yeah. the warden calls him, or tells him, like, that he's his humble servant. Yeah. So maybe it's just another Philip that's been assigned to be a guard. To be the guard, to tell him to, that he can't, to keep him in boundaries to give him boundaries and stuff like that basically is what it looks like yeah you know, it's so, so weird whatever's so what happening the, with him what if this is like a prison of his own design what if he created something to put himself away because of what he did that is a pervading theory as well that he uh, as a way of atoning for his deeds that he put himself in this exile and maybe now he's getting a little stir crazy okay I don't think it's another one of the Phillips or Peters, um, but I do believe it is a creation of his own design because the game warden says a part of your a part of the terms of your captivity, the terms you requested of your captivity. I think is the exact yeah. phrasing. So that does imply that he requested to be in prison. Okay, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so. Obviously, nothing that happens with the with the Osmandius character in the show corresponds with anything that's happening with the rest of the world, especially the stuff we're seeing in Tulsa. I don't. I don't know about that. Okay, what have you seen so far that has made the two corresponding? Him looking at his watch, looking at the watch. Um, it, I think it's highly reminiscent of the Doomsday Clock. Okay. Okay. So as things are getting worse and worse, it's getting closer to that hour there. Got it. Okay. But, like, you don't see him reading a newspaper or watching a news clip where no. they're talking about stuff <laughs> happening in Tulsa or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, no, nothing like that. But I do think that uh, the the things that are happening so elsewhere are uh, being shown in that watch. Okay. Do you think that we're seeing two different time periods, though? I think he's outside of time. He's personally. outside of time. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's experiencing time the way that uh, Dr. Manhattan does at like all periods. It's possible. Maybe. There is the but, then the wa- but then the watch thing would fall out from my theory if that was the case. Yeah. I guess that's true too. All right. That's interesting. Um, what do the, the jokes mean, do you think? If they have any deeper meaning other than, hey... I hate you, and this is what happened to our friends because of you. Why? Why the joke? Why the joke about the father building the building the the barbecue pit and having an extra brick? What does that mean? Well, I think that was symbolic of her relationship with uh, the comedian. Okay, um, you know the father had a leftover brick, um, and she threw it up, essentially saying that she took over his mantle, and. 
you know, and what's interesting about she's it is she's going to use it to crush God, basically. Yeah, <laughs> but also the fact that she didn't finish that joke and says, "So never mind, let me start over." And she says a different joke, but then That's, she finishes. That, th- those are the same joke. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's still all, all the same. One. The yeah, same it's all joke. the same joke. The, the, uh, her forgetting the ending is part of the joke. Uh, yeah. So that the because because the, the brick is from yeah. the first. Yeah, she's well, yeah, I get that. And I mean, I get that it ties into the end, but I was like, that's kind of interesting the way she phrased that. It's very how like one thing doesn't seem like it's going to go into the other, but then they're both, you know, very much related. And one caps off the, the, the second. Yeah, I think of the idea is that you forget you forget about me as she tells in the whole story that mm-hmm. I was there the whole time. So you're forgetting about me and the brick that I threw earlier. That, well, that one it was unfortunately it. spoiled for me as an idea because there's a joke that's it's a classic joke that i really like that's the exact same structure and it's also a brick oh really oh. yeah do you, do you remember the joke yeah but it's it's a lot to tell and when already knowing the the fact that it they're connected it spoils the thing it's with the bird and a cigar a brick it's luck <laughs> <laughs> so this is Lori's way of saying like you thought i was out and here I am, and I'm gonna rise above all of you. See, I don't know. That's what I'm. I'm wondering. Does this mean that she's coming after Doctor Manhattan, or that she still pines for him? I think she's still. She sounded like she still like misses him. Okay. And I mean, I as we saw from what she had in the briefcase, there's definitely a longing there. I don't think it's him. I think it's the past she's missing. Hmm. Okay. So just the I nostalgia. I think she's lost who she's who she is. See, and I got the impression she's like, I'm going to finish what you started. Yeah. Like, none of you could actually pull the trigger, but I'm going to do it. You know, Azamandi has pulled the trigger. I just don't know. I mean, what would... hmm. Well, she's one of the people that knows the truth. That's true. Yeah. She does know the truth. That that makes me wonder, does the rest of the FBI know the truth? Oh, I doubt it. No. No. About what? I doubt it. About the squid not being, uh, uh, being a true alien from another dimension coming to destroy earth no they can't know otherwise they wouldn't have dismissed the rorschach stuff. yeah they so quickly dismissed that journal that they were like why even show that huh unless he knows and that's why he's like who gives a shit <laughs> yeah that when, guy might know i when, don't know when that director was like what is this the 19 fucking 80s and i was like what what's wrong with the 80s <laughs> <laughs> uh okay it was uh what's some other parts that you guys wanted to talk about if we haven't covered it yet um, it's big and blue. Yeah, <laughs> we know. <laughs> it's the size of a Mac light. <laughs> I mean, you never got that impression from Manhattan. That I mean, I guess technically, since he could control matter, he could make it that big. Exactly, you could do whatever you want. But, yeah. with it. but every time you see him, it's always just like normal. Like in the book, there's like three of them going going That's at true. it with her at one point. Yeah. Maybe she missed. Maybe she. Wow, imagine she had three of those in there. Yikes! I don't think they were doing it all at the same time, <laughs> there, bro. That might that might be a carrying case for three. <laughs> <laughs> all that blue light that was shining on her face. Uh, one question I had was, when do you guys think that that scene is um, that goes throughout the whole episode where she's telling the joke? Do you think that happens before or after the events of the episode? I thought that was after she had had sex with Petey. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I thought it was after. Uh oh, which reminds me, I almost forgot. Uh, we we got to see a new masked lieutenant uh pirate Ginny, which yeah. goes into she was the one flying oh yeah the, she's the one that flies yeah before that's r- oh, okay my bad then never mind oh. but we do actually see uh what looks like a cop wearing an, an anubis mask 
I missed that. Yeah, yeah that was in that Black Ops uh, uh, location. Which when they that's had all the designed dogs. by uh, Miss Monster Mel. She she's awesome. <laughs> Who's she's Ms. done designs for a bunch of other pop culture stuff. Oh. I forget her actual name, Mel Mel something. That's cool. <laughs> but yeah, she's she's a great artist. Okay, uh, third episode down. How's everybody feeling about the show so far? Intrigued AF. AF. I, I like it a lot, and I'm yeah. very miffed that fans on the internet are only saying this was the first good episode. And yeah. I feel like it's just because this one ties into the original series. Yeah. And those guys can fuck off because it was its own good narrative already. Oh, yeah, definitely. And because of the big blue dildo problem. <laughs> They're going to make that. That's going to be a product you can actually get. You'll see. So oh, I also wanted to say, so uh, we got the impression that uh, Sister Knight hid the, the clan hood, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. After she discovered oh, it. Oh, for sure. That's Laura exactly was, what occurred. Yes. Laura was saying that it, there was nothing there. Correct. Okay, so what do you think, Elizabeth, of the show so far? Um, it's it's definitely intriguing. I still don't like any of the characters. I still think <laughs> everybody is awful. What about Will? He's in a wheelchair. He was a young black boy. He's in a wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> but something's fishy about him. Uh, <laughs> there's there's something else there. Um. Yeah, I we'll see. It's it's definitely interesting. The plot line is is very intriguing. I just I always have ish, I always have trouble when the good guys are also bad and the bad guys are really bad and <laughs> that's just too close to reality for me. Um so we'll two, see. two quick things before Jessica says her uh, what she thinks about the show so far. Did anybody catch what it said on the newspaper in the pr- in the bank said something about Grisham. It went by too quick for me to, to see it. Oh, yeah. Judge Grisham um, was going to retire, I believe. And it was a reference to um, John Grisham, the yeah. author. Oh, okay. He's, he apparently ascends to a supreme justice in this one. Got it. Not only that, but in the PDPedia files, I believe the Surgeon General <laughs> of the United States is Dr. Oz. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so, because you have a movie star for a president, so we're getting a bunch of celebrities as, An author as, as things. Um, uh, the other thing was I <laughs> wanted to bring up. I lost it. Okay. Jessica, what do you think of the show so far? I'm I'm quite enjoying it. Okay. Surprisingly, because usually I am like Elizabeth and thinking like I don't love it when the good guys are also bad. But maybe because it's such a sci-fi world and such a different world, maybe that's helping me out. But yeah, it's, I'm definitely really intrigued. Okay. And I'm, I really want to watch the next one like tomorrow, but I'm going to hold off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I personally usually always love mystery box shows where you have the, the all the intrigue and stuff around <laughs> the, the subjects. I feel like I'm just not smart enough and I'm really lost in a lot of these things. So that, that, that one's hurting me a little bit, but other than that, I I am enjoying the show. I don't think you're missing things. I think that they're not providing a lot. Yeah. Honestly. Okay. So I don't don't think you're missing anything. Like don't, don't treat this show like people treat inception where they're like, Oh my God, it's so deep. It's pretty thin guys. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. Uh, Okay. So, uh, if you want to talk to me more about Watchmen or uh, 
There's Robert Pattinson movies that I've been watching. <laughs> if you find me on Twitter, I am at Mitchipedia, G-E-M. G-E-M stands for Geek Leap Media. John, where can people find you online? I am on Twitter at Magic Bollocks. And uh, Elizabeth? I don't exist, so you can find me at Geek Elite Media. Okay. <laughs> Jess? I'm on Twitter as J.M. Bailey writes. Steven? Don't come find me on the internet. Spend your time this week watching Klaus on Netflix. Klaus? When it comes Klaus. Out. Yeah. yeah. It's an animated one. It's the story of uh, Santa Claus. It's going to be very, very, very good. Oh. And it comes out on Friday. Go watch it. Oh, is it better than the Dudley Moore movie? Not even like not even a chance that anything's going to keep up with this movie. <laughs> it's so good. As Elizabeth said, the rest of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our website, geekelitemedia.com. But until next time, this is the Geeks Watch on the Geek Elite Media Network saying, always remember to geek, geek out. out. This concludes our broadcast. <laughs>